Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Have you ever felt left out? Have you ever felt like um, you weren't wanted? Have you ever opened up Instagram or Facebook and seen people hanging out doing something that you want to do, but you weren't invited? Have you ever felt like you were at someone's house or at a party, but you, you didn't really, you weren't really wanted there? I remember um, it was the night before uh, one of my friend's weddings. I was the best man. And um, we were staying in the Hunter Valley uh, where the wedding was. And we, we arrived at the, at the place, um, we were staying that night and I rocked up and I was with another guy, another one of the groomsmen. And we give the groom a call and say, Hey, we're here. Uh, what's the room number? We'll come up and we'll come in. And so he gave us the room number and we drove up around to the little house and we walk in, the door was open. And so we walked in, there was some stuff uh, that people had left, you know, like the, there'd been some people there. And so we sort of came in and, and made ourselves at home, picked out our beds, turned the lights on, uh, you know, working out how to put the, it was in the middle of winter. So working out how to put the heater on, we put some tunes on and we're just hanging out in, in the, uh, the living area. And it had been 20 or 30 minutes and we're like, where, where is, where's um, everyone else? And so we call the groom and like, Hey, where are you? He's like, I'm in the room. Where are you? And we're like, where in the room? Where are you? Where are you? And he said, what, what room number are you in? We're like, 703. He's like, no, it's 701. And we had just walked into someone else's house that was not ours uh, and made ourselves at home. And so we quickly ran out and closed the doors and um, never went back. Um, but uh, it, it is interesting that we are, as humans, we, we create space for one another. And you can tell it when there is no space created for you. I think we are in an era of an epidemic of loneliness. Um, that there is, there is a mental health crisis in our country and loneliness and isolation and disconnection are some of the biggest, biggest health risk factors that uh, we face to human flourishing in our day and age. Um, Vivek Murphy, who is a former Surgeon General in the, in the US, he said that we are on the verge of a social recession, not a financial recession, but a social recession. Um, there's a study done by, um, there's a book called The Blue Zones, which studies the happiest places in the world and the healthiest places in the world. And they found that loneliness is the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day actually loneliness is has an incredible impact on our physical health not just our mental health but our physical health and so you that's just been the trend of our society over the last couple of years but then you add on top of that um covid and the lockdowns and isolation and social distancing and there is a an overwhelming force of loneliness that is hitting our country and our culture and um, all across the world. 
So the question I have this morning, as we continue to look at our evangelism series, what does it mean to be and bring good news in the 21st century? My question is, is there good news that the church can bring in the midst of a society that is incredibly disconnected and lonely and tribalized and divided? Is there a practice from the ancient way of, uh, ancient way of Jesus that we could inhabit and embody? And I think there is. It's called the practice of hospitality, the practice of hospitality. And historians will tell you, um, church historians will tell you that one of the defining factors to the growth of the early church that went from this kind of small little sect of, um, of the Jewish faith in a random corner of the world to the kind of dominant religion that kind of toppled the Roman Empire in just a couple of hundred years was this radical practice of, of hospitality. Um, in, in the New Testament, in, in the Greek, the word hospitality, the, where, where we get that word, the, the Greek word is philoxenia. Uh, philo means love. It's a form of love. And xenia is stranger. So it's like the opposite of xenophobia, where you're scared of strangers. Um, that hospitality is the love of stranger, love of enemy, love of it's the exact opposite of xenophobia, which is very alive and well today, right? Isn't it? That we are, we would be scared of the other. You think about all the messaging around social distancing is that we are to be scared of our friends and scared of our neighbors and scared of strangers because they might, might be carrying a, a virus that might kill us, you know? And there's something psychologically that that is doing to us as a country and a nation. Um, and so I, I just think that the, the reclamation of the radical love of stranger is good news to our world. It is something that the church can offer and embody. My definition of hospitality is to create space for the other, to create space for the other. The early church was defined by this. Um, when, whenever there was a plague in kind of the early, the first couple of hundred years of the, the church's history, um, there would be these kind of like urban plays that would, would pop up and people would leave the cities. Uh, but it was the Christians who decided to stay and care for those who were sick and to be there uh, often at the cost of their own lives. Hospitals were created by Christians. It was a Christian invention um, because the, uh, there was no like social system to care for, for the sick, the needy, um, particularly the poor. And so the church would, would create houses where they would, they would house people and care for people. There's a quote here from Julian, uh, who is the emperor, the Caesar in the fourth century. He said, atheism, which is what they called the Christian faith, because the Christians didn't believe in a plethora of gods. They believed in one God. So they called them atheists. That's where the word atheism comes from, which is funny. Atheism has been specially advanced through the loving service rendered to strangers and through their care and burial of the dead. It is a scandal that there is not a single Jew who is a beggar and that the godless Galileans, what they call the Christians, the godless Galileans care for not only their own poor, but for those, uh, for ours as well. Um, he's basically saying, like, the Christians are putting us to shame. We should be caring for our own poor, but the Christians are caring for our poor. The Christians are caring for our sick. Um, and so hospital and hospitality, obviously related words that there's space created for the healing of people, particularly the sick 
and the poor. Adoption was another Christian invention. It was very common uh, for Christians, uh, for, for Romans. If they didn't want a baby, they would put it out. They would leave it out to weather, they would say. So they would just put it outside and, and leave it to the elements to die. And so Christians would come and they would take on these babies that weren't their own and care for them. That's where the, the, the practice of adoption actually started. They created space for the other, for the stranger, and they raised them as their own. Why did the church do this? Why was the early church like this? Well, the answer is because Jesus was. Um, hospitality is much more than a meal, but meal, meals become this kind of uh, central theme, symbol of hospitality. We call it the hospitality industry now, right, which is centered around uh, meals um, because it is a symbol of creating space for the other, for creating something for the other to be welcomed in for conversation, for, for a space that's kind of designed for them, for something that was created for them. And in the Gospel of Luke, we've talked about this lots of time as we've been going through the Gospel of Luke, that Jesus was either at a meal, going to a meal, uh, or, or coming from a meal, or talking about a meal. It's like literally Jesus is eating his way through the, the Gospel. Um, Matthew 11 said, the Son of Man, Jesus came eating and drinking. Jesus loved to create space for the other. This is kind of who he was. Um, Jesus loved to get weird, eclectic people in the room. Um, who else would get a zealot who was like this extremist, anti-Roman terrorist and a tax collector, someone who worked for the Roman government together in a room? Let's just get them together and see what happens? He loved to get all these these just crazy people. He he found himself at so many different um, dinner parties. Jesus' method of evangelism was was to share meals. John Mark Comey says when Jesus was speaking to people who were already somewhat committed to scriptures, people who kind of loved Torah, uh, he would preach. But when Jesus was with someone who was far lost, he would share a meal, ask questions, and listen. And Jesus taught us to do the same. He implored us to. Matthew 25 is a story of the sheep and the goats where Jesus says he, he separates people and, and some uh, for eternal life and some for eternal death. And the defining factor between those two people was the care for the other, the stranger. You, you, someone was um, uh, hungry and you fed them, thirsty and gave them water. You visited them in prison. And the defining factor between who uh, is aligned with the way of Jesus and not is this that is, is this practice of, of hospitality, loving the stranger. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 14, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, when you have a dinner party, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they might invite you back. And so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The hospitality isn't just about creating a space for friends. And that's important. Like that really deep community is an important thing. Jesus isn't saying that that's bad, but he's saying that the defining factor of the, the way of Jesus is the welcoming of the stranger. Those that are different from us, those that you disagree with. Philip Yancey said this, he said, Jesus had uncompromising views on rich men and loose women, yet both types love to be around him. And uh, sometimes we fall into the fallacy that like 
to in order to have community with someone to have someone over at our house that we have to they have to be kind of like us or have the same sort of views as us but jesus was an incredible example of people that he had really uncompromising views on the the way that they should live or or how they were treating others or the things going on in their own soul or heart but those people just love to be around him because he was hospitable, because he created space for them, because he was an inquirer and he asked more questions and he gave answers. Um, the, good, the parable of the Good Samaritan, I'm just sort of overwhelming you with, with uh, biblical reference here, but is, is the charge to care for the people that are different for you. It's the Samaritan that the Jews hated that looked after the guy who was beaten up on the side of the road. It's creating space, love of stranger. And Jesus has created space for you. That is the story of the gospel, that Jesus has welcomed you into his family. The Lord's Supper is hospitality, that you are welcomed at the table of Jesus. And even though we were strangers to God, that we were enemies to God, Romans says that he's created space for us. He's made a way. He's created a big table, (laughs) a big meal. And um, the kingdom of God is often represented as a banquet or a wedding feast, this, this space created for us. And because of that, because of that identity, welcoming of our own souls, we have the security to welcome others, to create space for others. Um, you can feel it, right? When someone's created space for you, you can feel it when, you know, you might be in a room with someone and, they, and they've made space. If you ever had dinner at Jamie and Alyssa's house, you've felt this because you walk in and the lighting's right and like the fire's on and there's music. There's often like a theme to like the, the, the meal. It might be Spanish or something and there's Spanish music on and there's a cocktail. You know, um, you, can, you can sense. I remember going to Caleb and Ella's house for, for house churches when we were doing those. And it's like the, you can sense, you walk in and you know that they've created space for you. There's enough chairs and there's like coffee and there's things. And it's just like the, the space has been created. It's not like, oh, you're here or like, you know, something has been created for you. And there's a beautiful image in that, that we actually get to create space, whether it be physical or emotional for the other, for the stranger. The clam is our, our collective attempt at doing that. And I hope it does really become that a space for the other and the stranger and those that are spiritually curious and looking for community and looking for something of the divine. And I think, I really do think that the church of the future, you know, there's, there's a lot changing in our world and um, Christianity is, is getting pushed more and more to the, to the margins. Uh, we, we, we're losing our centrality in in the culture, we haven't had that much in Australia anyway. But it's 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 becoming uh, church. Church had had been seen as a good thing, then it was tolerated, and now it's seen as kind of morally wrong. That you would you have certain views or certain ways of of seeing the world, or you would claim to have truth. Um, but I think the 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 future of the healthy church is a reclamation of the radical practice of hospitality that we would radically create space for those that are different to us, those that are others, those that are um, who, who think differently in an increasingly divided and divisive and world where politic is our new religion, 
that we would create space for others. Jesus said again, you know, if you have a dinner party, don't invite your friends, invite the stranger. I think one of the most powerful things you can do in life, and I'm preaching more to myself than anyone else, is to sit down and have a meal with someone that you don't know very well, someone that's different to you. There is beauty in that. The table is the great equalizer. And our homes or our spaces, whatever kind of autonomy we have, can become spaces and weapons for the gospel of God, of the good news, that our, our, our homes can be transformed from what they have been, particularly during lockdown, our, our little private castles where we hide away to outposts of the kingdom of God. And of course, we need boundaries and all that sort of stuff. But our, our, our life and our spaces can be used in service for the other. Um, and I, I need to hear this more than other anyone else. You know, I, um, I found this a lot. So we, we have, uh, we've hosted a dinner party and we didn't for a little while. Um, but there's something about just that, that regular practice of having people in your home regularly that opens you up to having more people in your home. And there's something like, there's like a barrier that kind of breaks down. I don't know if anyone else has found this, but like just getting people used to being in your house or being in your space and being, becoming comfortable with that, particularly as an, as an introvert. Um, and this practice is not just for the extroverts. It's for all of us. And um, coming out of lockdown, we will need to practice. Like this is a practice that we will have to engage in because we've, we've been out of practice, out of habit from doing it. So my, my simple question to this morning, we're going to have a little bit of time and space just for you to consider this, is how might Jesus be calling you to create space for the other? Because it takes creativity, it, creates, it takes intention, and maybe it's hosting a five-person picnic outside, maybe it's an online games night, or maybe it's a walk with someone, or maybe it's a spike ball match, or maybe it's cooking a meal for someone, or maybe it's starting a business or a nonprofit or creating a space. Maybe it's, you know, creatively doing something in your neighborhood, a community garden or something like that. Maybe it's hosting a street party at Christmas time. If we can do that, maybe it's learning your neighbor's names. Maybe it's a Facebook group or a Facebook chat. I don't know what it is, but how can you leverage the tools that you have, the raw materials to create space. It is an instinctly human thing to create space, to be creative. And so my question for you is how might Jesus be calling you to create space? So um, just take some time. And I want you to consider that you might want to write it down or something or, or just have a little uh, time of prayer on your own. I want to give you two or three minutes just to think, ask Jesus, Holy Spirit, what are you prompting me with? How are you challenging me to make space for the other? What do you want me to create?